Welcome to episode 161 of the Design Details Podcast. I'm Bryn Jackson. And I'm Brian Levin. Today we caught up with Julia Casanova. She is a designer at SHIP. Before that, she was at Twitter. Uh, we had a great time talking about her, her background, moving to the United States, working at big companies and startups, and what she's up to now. Uh, we had a lot of fun, but before we get into the conversation, we want to thank a new sponsor for making this episode possible. This new sponsor is called Q. They kind of think of themselves as an operating system for physical space. So they've got hundreds of companies signed on in four cities. And basically, Q handles everything from catering to IT, cleaning, plumbing, office supply management, really like all the things that make a building run. It's it's kind of incredible. Like talking to the team has been really interesting. But their company is founded by two designers. They believe design is a, like a core asset to their company. And now they are looking to hire more product designers. So they just raised $42 million, which is a pretty significant round. But one of those investors is Google Ventures. Which means... Daniel Burke has been hanging out there a lot. Daniel Burke, getting the shout out. Uh, it'd be really cool to work with him. He comes in to mentor their team weekly uh, out in New York. And if you want to work with people like him and work uh, on a which company... Which you should, by the way. already has traction already is working with hundreds of companies is leading the industry in this kind of i don't know it's kind of a unique space right sexy service but impactful to every kind of company in the world uh you should join them and impactful to their employees which they call operators and they've actually made sure to treat them all very well even though they're kind of like a contractor function so the cool thing about made by q is they aren't just contracting out these jobs to anyone and screwing them over with no benefits and paying them minimum wage. They actually hire all of their uh, operators as employees. They give them full benefits, uh, health insurance, all that kind of stuff. Everyone from software engineers to the office cleaners, they get the same treatment. Uh, That says a lot about the way this company values people, the way they think about their business, the way they think about like making something that is actually good for the world. And that is so refreshing to see and would be absolutely amazing to be a part of something like that. They give the operators like a decent wage. They give them benefits. They give them stock options. It's kind of crazy. Okay. So they're looking for product designers to join their team. Uh, if you want to learn more, go to spec.fm slash MBQ. stands for Managed by Q. Uh, once again, that's at spec.fm slash MBQ. Of course, tell them we sent you. This is an awesome company. They've raised a lot of money and they need your help. So thanks again to Q. Go check them out. And let's get into 161 with Julia Casanova. All right. So, my name is Julia. My last name is Casanova. Yes. I wasn't sure how to... No, yes, it is. is it's um, pronounced Casanova? Yes. Everybody asks, but yes, it is. And I have no idea if I'm related to the guy or not. Uh, hopefully not. Um, I a designer, mm-hmm. which I'm pretty happy about. Um, yeah. What else do you guys want to know? Uh, how long have you been at SHIP? Uh, almost a year, around 10 months. Nice. What else have you been working on? Um, all sorts of things. Actually, when I just joined, I was working on a lot of internal tools. Uh, we have four, uh, four mobile apps and one web app before that. So it's kind of like internal, um, internal tools the way four our mobile apps. Yeah. Oh, is it like, is it one sh- or two of them shipping side? Yeah. Two okay. on our consumer side. Nice dude. And, and one for our careers, mm-hmm. um, and one for people at the warehouse. Wait, oh, Couriers, yeah, 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 gotcha. So, there's a lot going on. Cool. So, I was working on um, our iPad app at the warehouse, which was pretty interesting because it's it's something that um, you not necessarily, you know, work on. It's It was just interesting to, like, kind of, like, go to the warehouse and see people actually using the app mm-hmm. and, like, ask them questions and see where they're stuck. It's just your real user researcher there. Uh-huh. Yeah, warehouses sound really exciting. Yeah, it is. <laughs> you bring beers, you pack boxes. It sounds pretty fun. Yeah. Uh, fun. So you fill the role of user research as well? Well, we have a user researcher um, at Chip, so he does an awesome job that, we don't need to actually help him out. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Nice. So, yep. Um, but no, at the very beginning, I did need to kind of like get all the basics, you know, of the shipping thing. Sure. So that was that was what I've been doing. Yeah. Is it just you and Micah there? 
Yes, currently. Okay. Micah's last name? Sivitz? So we can link to him. He knows everything. Sivitz? This guy knows Micah everything. Micah Sivitz? Yes. Cool. <laughs> Sweet. Just two designers. Just two designers. That's crazy. How does that work? Um, we're a very agile team. Uh-huh. So we have... What does that really mean? Never, nobody knows. Uh-huh. But it doesn't matter. It sounds cool. It sounds cool. Huh? Um, they ship ship often. Very often. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, we have uh, two designers. Just two. Um, yeah. Did I mention we have two? Uh-huh. And we're hiring, actually. <laughs> That's um, too few people. Yeah. To work on yes. four apps and a website. It is. It is. Uh, but <laughs> So how do you do it? We, I don't know, work late? Just kidding. <laughs> no, I guess... The, <laughs> Careful, this is a sale. <laughs> <laughs> we, um, I don't know, I think it's just a constant, you know, communication. Mm-hmm. Just m- knowing what each other, like what we're both working on. Sure. Like what each other's projects are. So we can always back each other up if we have to. Um, you know, if like somebody needs help, you can just always kind of like chime in. Yeah. And there is a certain, certain... I don't know. I love small teams. There's a cer- cer- something something to it. It's just you you and you know another person like three people four people it's just you can always know what's going on and you don't spend much time trying to like, you know, kind of like spin the wheels without going anywhere uh-huh. when you, mm-hmm. can, you can just talk with your peer and just know exactly what they're talking about because you've been in all the same kind of like stuff sure. with them, all the similar similar projects. Um yeah, there is there's something to it. And the sense of ownership is definitely something I'm really proud of. Achieved. What do you mean? Well, I'm 50% of the design team. <laughs> uh-huh. it's, it's really not something, you know, you can say a lot. Uh-huh. So it's the first time in my career, that's for sure. Well, your last gig was Twitter? Yeah. Where not did a you small do? team. Not a small team. We uh, actually, we uh, celebrated our hundreds higher when I was there. So that was exciting. We all got little... Uh, box, uh, little cubes with a hundred on it. Uh-huh. So at the very best, you were 1%, and now you're 50%. Maybe less than well, one. <laughs> they celebrated 100, so she was more than 1% for a while. Jesus, Brian, do your math. Thanks. I don't know how that works. <laughs> it's like 9 p.m. and two beers, Ian. <laughs> These are not beers. Oh, no. It's 8.18. This is just pure <laughs> LaCroix. I think it's just on the outside, but the inside you might can you, you can just have anything. Brian's allergic to beer. Them very quickly. Margaritas or whatever. Cooking. Yeah, I filled the cans with margaritas. There you go. Marga Croy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, not a bad idea actually. We should talk. M- McGroy. We should talk. <laughs> yes. Ta. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds great. Oh, uh, we should start at the beginning. Where are you from? Oh, really? I thought we went through that phrase already. Well, no. she's Casanova's great-great-granddaughter. Uh-huh. No, I'm not. That's exactly what I said. I'm not. <laughs> that's the only thing. Um, Make sure that's very clear on the final edit, please. <laughs> yeah. It really doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, where I'm from? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm from Russia, mm-hmm. as you can probably tell by my accent. Mm-mm. Really. I had this uh, funny Uber driver who thought I was French and he would not believe that I was from Russia. He was like, sir. It's like, I know better than you do. Why would I lie? Yeah, right? Um, Yeah, and he was like, no, you're French. You you look French. It's like, okay. Sure, dude. Whatever you say. Um, Yeah, I'm from Russia. What part? uh, South part. It's like South European. Yeah, there is a South in Russia. Uh, There is. There's some. There. It's warm there actually. Uh, So San Francisco is actually pretty cold for me. Um, Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, yeah. It's a lot of fog and cold. I'm used to like shorts and Mm -hmm. uh, you know bikinis and stuff like that. I feel like San Francisco's cold by any standards. It's the best. Yeah, it's pretty nice. I'm I'm a cold weather person. Me too. Yeah. So it complains, but nice. it's much colder than what I'm used to. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So European, South European part. Um, yeah. Is, what, is it divided in like European and Asian parts? Yes. Okay. And it's actually the the dividing line is close to my hometown. So okay. I'm like sometimes I'm confused. Am I Asian? Am I European? Identity What's crisis. What's going on? Right. Uh-huh. And now I live in U.S. Like, what is going on? That's something I've always wondered about because it's such a large country. Yes. 
Um, it's mostly Asian, yeah, it's on the Asian side. Yeah. But I was lucky to be born on the European side, that little tiny 1% <laughs> probably. Um, yeah, I went to school there. I'm actually an engineer, so I got my master's degree in computer science and somehow ended up being a designer. I don't even know how. Holy moly. All right. We're going to have <laughs> probably a bad decision. Yeah. Well, we'll find out later, 20 years from now, maybe. <laughs> I really look back, screwed up back then. Like, yeah, yeah, and see what happened. Maybe right. rethink that. No, <laughs> we got to unpack some stuff. Uh, so you got into computer science at some point. Yes. When did that happen? When I was 16. Why? <laughs> Specifically when you what were 16. You? All right. You, you want to know the truth? Yeah. Really? Okay. No, actually, just... No, can you lie to us, please? Tell me, no. tell me a cool story that sounds realistic, I guess. It's actually a cool story. I, I yeah, I, I really, like, if I was to reconsider that decision, I would probably do something different. Oh. <laughs> well, I hacked Ancestry.com to find out how related to Casanova <laughs> I was. <laughs> Turns out I was pretty good at it. And I'm not and related. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually... I changed the entry, so I'm not related <laughs> Double anymore. Whammy, yeah. So, um, yes, yeah, so how I went in how I ended up being an engineer. Um, actually, um, as I probably mentioned, I'm from a small town, and there's just one university that was actually worth getting into, which by good coincidence was pretty well known in like by Russian standards. Um, What's it called? Uh, Taganrog State University of Computer Engineering, hmm. and uh, sadly later renamed it after I graduated. So now it's Southern Federal University. Um, oh. Yeah. Interesting. So it's like kind of choice. like a combination. SFU. <laughs> yes. <laughs> actually, it is. You're basically here. <laughs> really? Just tell people you went to SFU and they'll be like, sweet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Although not as cool of a story. No. Anyway, uh, when I was basically trying to kind of like get my papers together and like figure out what the fuck I'm going to do with my life, basically I realized that engineering program there was the like the most complicated one and the, the most that it was harder to get into, which my par parents were really strongly against me doing that to myself and to them. But I ended up thinking like, you know, why not? It's like the first major life decision. You should basically take it and just go, you know, and try to like get into the hardest of the hardest. So I'll pick the hardest one. Yeah, I picked the hardest one. So I basically knew nothing about radio engineering, computer science, uh, uh, what else do they teach there? Um, information security. So I was like, what is the hardest one here? Tell me. Just Infosec. point me. <laughs> point me there. And I was like, yep, why not? They also had some more, um, I guess, more creative professions like, um, what was that? Jewelry making or something like that. That's a big leap. Holy yes. Holy. yes. It's, not, it's, not, it's not real related to engineering, but it's a thing. It's yeah. a thing. I, mean, it's I don't mean to belittle jewelry making, but like, okay. I'm not going to say anything because there's an artisan out there that's going to get offended. Yeah. Um, so yeah, ended up being engineering. What you said was worse. I know. Sorry. What? What? Uh, Brand doesn't like the word artisan. No, you were I, just I like, you said someone's going to get offended by what I'm going to say. And instead of saying the thing, you're just like, I'm going to offend someone. <laughs> I now, now they're doubly offended. Sorry. Sorry, artisans. <laughs> artisans of the world who are listening. I mean no harm. Um, so what was it like? Uh, you chose the hardest thing. Yeah, it was... Hard. <laughs> it's it pretty was, easy. Uh, no. <laughs> No, it was it was it was actually fun because it was mostly guys. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So you're basically <laughs> an SF already. Yes, I feel yeah. like I'm already in that yeah. situation where yeah, it was like four girls, I think. And one in of the them. entire school? No, well, in oh. my in my kind of like what do you guys call it? In I was like, holy year. shit! No, in your year, right? It's oh, your, your class. Yeah, your class, and it was like thirty guys, thirty three or something. Mm -hmm. So. It was it was fun. Not sounds, a huge school. Sounds about like the right ratio. Yeah. 10%. What? <laughs> That's what it is today. Sounds right? like the right ratio. Not, not a good ratio, but like an accurate. Sounds accurate to what we know. Yes. God. <laughs> Twisting my <laughs> words. What? Well, Dang. not really. You made it pretty easy on me. Uh, uh, at that point, did you have any idea what you wanted to do? Uh, no. I was just cool. hoping I could do an engineering. <laughs> the thing. Yeah, the hardest thing. Whatever. It's like, go out there. It's like, so what is the hardest thing here? Tell me. Um, yeah, it was really interesting, actually. And I use a lot of that knowledge in these days in my 
actually have, I don't know, sometimes I think the designers, engineers, they do the same thing just from the different point of views, you know, they build products and we just do this a little bit earlier maybe and a little bit in a different way of just basically speaking the same language of, you know, building blocks and stuff like that. Um, and engineers just basically take that and turn it into code. Uh-huh. But it's it, sometimes it's just one-to-one mapping. Uh-huh. Yes, um, exactly. Oh, I'm so excited you said that. Um, <laughs> I feel there's a we fi- trick. We fill so much of the no same tricks. role no tricks on just this using podcast. different languages, right? Like we're doing basically the same role. We're trying to take humans and help them talk to computers and vice versa mm-hmm. and just filling the same role and using different tools. Yeah, basically. And, you know, these days, the, the the gap between engineers and designers are so slim. It's like we, um, it's actually funny, I was something that I was talking to Micah today. Um, I'm gonna, you know, jump into code whenever I feel like there is a need for that. And yeah, I'll be, I would be very excited to kind of like because I, I started as an engineer. I was working as a, a uh, I guess, was it like six years ago now? I worked as an agency. My internship was being a web engineer mm-hmm. uh, for some time, so, which was fun. I missed that. Um, sometimes do some side projects, uh, which also involve coding. Nothing crazy, but just for fun. Some people do surfing. Some people code for mm-hmm. fun, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, it's pretty fun. Yeah. I mean, I'm not good at it, but I enjoy it. <laughs> That's how I feel. It's fun, and then, yeah. I feel like that's how most people are with surfing, too. (laughs) I do do my best. So, wait, let's back up. Uh, You finished school. You got your master's. Yeah. And then what? And then I basically, well, I joined a company back in Russia, which was building basically corporate email tools which sounds very complicated, but it's basically was Outlook on web for um, corporate accounts, Mm -hmm. like for companies who wanted to have their internal uh, mail system uh, interface with with their mail. Uh, And I was an engineer uh, there. So it's it's been almost a year I worked there. And then I kind of like just realized that it's not something I really want to spend my time on. And I learned a lot. I met a lot of great people there. Um, but also being the only girl on the team was kind of like, like, you know, went for beers with guys, which is always fun, but it's just, I felt like some more diversity wouldn't hurt our Mm -hmm. team. Um, yeah. And then if you ask me, how did I get, how did I end up being a designer? I I don't know. I can't answer that question. It kind of happened naturally by working as an engineer, working with designers, Mm -hmm. And, you know, you always kind of like, you like two puzzle pieces basically come together. And sometimes my designer counterpart would send me over mocks or back in the days it was Photoshop. It's like, hey, I don't have time. Can you like cut this thing, cut these assets for me? And, you know, basically do whatever you need your magic with them. I was like, sure. And so that's how sure, I learned. Dude. Sure, dude. I don't dude. have time. <laughs> Thanks, man. It's kind of your job, but I I'll would do be it. so mad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm quite easygoing. So, yeah. And that's how I basically learned Photoshop. Make me do your tedious work? <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> the not fun I, thing. I still hate slicing assets. Oh, my God. It's the too. worst. Do people even slice assets anymore? I export things. Exporting, right? yeah. yeah. Same. I mean, that's not that hard. I hate it. Select groups, plus, plus, plus. <laughs> Still hate it. Like, honestly, I just hate it. Well, you don't even do your own assets, so why do you need to? Uh, I don't know, man. Who, who does your assets? Uh, the production uh, design team at Facebook. Oh, damn. I don't know, that's man. a luxury. I'm... I don't think he's ever made an icon. <laughs> uh, I've made, like, a plus icon. Oh. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> oh, my God. What about minus icon? Ah, whoa, come on. (laughs) That's pretty tough. I'm so proud of you right now. Oh, my God. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I I really try and flex my icon muscles sometimes. I'll do pluses and then minuses. Time symbols. Um, Oh, yeah, I'll do, like, crosses for, like, dismissing. (laughs) Multiplier. Um, Hamburger icon. Pause button, play button. Okay. Like, some of the more complicated glyphs. Um, 
yeah, I leave like the easy stuff to other people. It's yeah. very exciting. Thanks. <laughs> God damn it, Brian. I... Icons, man. Can't do them. Icons. I, he saw me making some one time and he goes, why would you make those? There are icon sets. <laughs> <laughs> and Bryn was offended. I was like, no, all the icon everywhere. designers yeah. offended. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What are you talking about? <laughs> I, um, <clears throat> I I got know, sets man. for non-designers. I get the importance. That was a bit aggressive. I just, yeah, I just choose not to work on that. That's fair. Maybe that's bad. Maybe I'm the designer in your story that's like, I don't have time for this. Can you slice my ass? Maybe it was you, actually. Shit. Yeah. No, you found out. I am from Russia. No, that guy was actually from Canada. That's what I meant. Uh, (laughs) Close enough. (laughs) Super close. Lovin is the most Canadian last name. (laughs) I don't think Lovin's a name like a... uh, Did you make it up? Well, someone at some point did, right? That's true. Um, House Lovin. I don't know. I mean, mine's pretty straightforward. Someone in my family tree was named Jack. <laughs> <laughs> nice, dude. <laughs> That's literally what that means. Jackson? Jack's son? Is it? Yes. Or is Jackson like the house name? You're dumb. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> How do names work? Uh, at some point, though, you... Sorry, I'm going to move on. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> at some point, you did take a design job though i did yeah what made you realize i don't actually want to have an engineering job anymore but like i can actually just do design full-time i think my first uh design gig as they say was half design half front end so it wasn't purely design was uh, it was actually interesting application for it was very kind of like uh data focused so i needed to um create an interface to display a lot of data from the database Uh basically so humans can read it and have the column titles and stuff so it wasn't very uh, exciting job for a designer but definitely was an exciting job for an engineer like how do you like pull all of these little pieces and make them presentable Mm -hmm. so it was kind of I think it was one of the projects that was kind of like half between the two and I also like designing dashboards I love designing dashboards, so... Okay, but the big question is, should coders design? Is it a big question? I thought everybody already answered that. Did we? Did we? Should coders design? Coders design. Oh, God. No. (laughs) No. No. It's a mistake. (laughs) Do not enter. Turn back. Were you still in Russia at that point? Yes, I was still in Russia at that point. And, yeah, I was... started taking some of the uh, design projects and uh, some of the I was doing freelance for a few years which taught me a lot how, what to do and not to do mm-hmm. uh, how to talk to people how to speak English um, yeah and that that was back in Russia and then uh, one day um, the, the different companies started like approaching me from Silicon Valley asking to why don't you come for H1B um, and one of them I said yes to one of them uh, it was a small educational startup um, what was it called? Versal. Versal. Yeah. Um, they, uh, uh, yeah, they arranged all the visa situation. So it was helpful. Yeah, it was quite helpful. Yeah. Um, yeah, it all went up from there. What did you know about San Francisco or Silicon Valley before coming here? That I should not live in Tenderloin. Ah, wow. So you knew. Yeah, that's that was about it. Okay. We, um, there was, um, Hip chat was a thing back, back mm-hmm. in the day. And me and my coworkers who were here already in SF um, were just chatting about something in the SF channel or whatever. And they were just chatting about something like Tenderloin is like the worst place in the world. There's some so many good restaurants there, but you can't go because it's just, you know, for many reasons. And I was like, what's wrong about it? I was I was just looking up apartments. And I can it, deal. <laughs> yeah, it sounds, like, it sounds pretty reasonable, like, price there compared to other places. Mm-hmm. They were like, no, do not do that to yourself. Uh-huh. So that was about, uh, no, actually, another thing I picked up, which was, which was kind of funny. I still think about it sometimes. Um, you know how you sign up for products like Airbnb and, you know, no, other... No, I don't do that. No? Well, I do. I never sign up. <laughs> I do. So you're like a normal person. I'm yeah. like a normal person, sign up for products and get like, newsletters from them. Mm-hmm. And at the very bottom of oh, the newsletter... Oh, this is all terrible. 
so far. <laughs> I don't know why, why would I scroll through the very bottom, but they would all say San Francisco, California. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what's the deal with that place? <laughs> what are they doing out there? There's something going on there for right. sure. And that was it was kind of random because, you know, it's like, it was just, it was definitely a thing. So, and it was back in what, 2011, I think. It's like, there's something going on out there. And I was not really good at keeping up with news in Silicon Valley and whatnot. There was nothing going on here in no. 2011. Yeah. There you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Only the prices started to go up for brand, but that's about when it. When you got here, thanks a lot. Yeah. <laughs> no, I got into 2013, so. Oh. Not my fault. <laughs> yeah, that's what I meant. Um, <laughs> what was the transition like? Um, it was actually, yeah, I guess that was the the best part from the overall experience is me adjusting to a new kind of lifestyle. Transition was interesting. I met a lot of awesome people here um, and still keep meeting them every day, like you guys. You'll cut it, right? She called you awesome? (laughs) Dude, that was all a mistake. (laughs) Careful. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I think... Like, I made a lot of friends here, uh, met a lot of people from all over the U.S. and around the world. It's funny, I really don't have any Russian friends here. It's just, I don't know how that happened or didn't happen, I guess. I have one Russian friend um, who we just worked together in that first uh, Mm -hmm. startup we went to. And other than that, it's all Americans, all people from all over the world. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's, it's it's been really interesting to kind of, like, get, you know, get deep into the uh, foreign culture and foreign language. I, when I came over, I was able to read um, English letters, um, understand what people are saying, but not as much speak. So, and I, as, as I started working with folks, you know, here, it's also got much better, I hope. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, yeah. You think, <laughs> Well, I hope because I was like basically trying to push myself out of my comfort zone, you know, doing presentations, go to conferences and just doing all sorts of crazy things that I haven't done before. Um, Yeah, it was really exciting. So transition has been great. I could summarize it like that. You are only the second Russian we've ever had on the podcast. Oh, who was the first one? Irina Block. Okay. She is currently at Zendesk. Nice. Yeah. Not that common as far as I I know. I guess not. No. Yeah, I worked with a Ukrainian at my first gig out here. He was awesome. Designer? Yeah. Cool. No. Oh. No. He was a marketer. Yeah. But his name is Yaroslav Boritz. Doesn't count. <laughs> what? Marketer doesn't oh, count. Oh, <laughs> I thought you said that name doesn't count. I was like, <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, we're pretty harsh in Russia. Uh-huh. Some names just don't count. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, out. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, so you came out for an educational startup. Yeah. I was the first designer there. Um, I started basically contracting with them uh, from Russia. I s- worked on their uh, mostly product stuff. Uh, then we uh, hired another designer. Um, she worked more of like a brand brand part. And then we hired a couple more folks. So it was a four-person design team, really also relatively small. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I learned a lot about products and about you know people, um, how people communicate how they work together to achieve like a certain product goal yeah so i was it was interesting it was fun uh i guess after that i i thought that i'm curious to like try something totally different um like a bigger company because i've done freelance when it's just you and you're uh basically a one band person uh-huh. like whole whole thing doing the whole thing and then a small design team and then the big design team i thought would be really interesting and yeah it was amazing uh it was amazing working at twitter, work, twitter. yeah working with people there why twitter um well <laughs> i wanted to work for a big company with mm-hmm. a big design team where a lot of opportunity you know um to grow to learn from people around you and I met, I met, I met people there who, you know, before I joined. So I, I knew that uh, folks there are very talented, and it was exciting. I feel like it was exciting time at the company back then, where I wanted to be part of, and I wanted to kind of like, as I mentioned to you, you know, designing Twitter.com. It was really, really challenging. It's like not nothing I've ever done before. I wouldn't have an opportunity to do unless I joined them. 
Um, and they were in San Francisco. Yeah. I didn't want to commute yeah. <laughs> anywhere. That's good enough reason for me. Um, what was most surprising to you about going from like the small startup thing with four people to the big company? Like once you sought it out and you got it, what was the experience like? It was interesting. I kind of imagined that, you know, designers would have established patterns that they follow. You know, they would have their design language established. They would have like, you know, all these things. Some somebody some some time ago probably already went through that they're going through, versus like in a small company it was just me and a few other folks. They were just you know trying to basically est- like establish that design language. It was absolutely different and something that I haven't worked on before. But I think the surprising part for me was uh, that you can still shake those fundamentals Uh you can still do things you can still make a design revolution if you want you know if you like make a case for it and i work with some amazing people who are just exploring new things like totally new things totally new design patterns for twitter and it was amazing that you know you can do that you're empowered to do that um that's the culture that supports that Uh so that was definitely like kind of like surprising that Surprising in a way that I kind of expected that they, ha- they would have like, you know, we have all these building blocks, we have all these little pieces that you could just grab and go and design your feature. And on top of like another layer on top of that is that you can rip some of that off if you find a better pattern to do that. You know, if you find another way to do that, if you find a better way to do that. Yeah. So that was, that was interesting. What did you end up working on? I was in the growth team mm-hmm. um, and I worked on trying basically find find a new way to present twitter.com like what would be the experience like for people um who just landed on twitter for the first time which was like whoa what i i don't even know where to start um what but did it used to be is like the people playing cricket or something like the yeah, big photo yeah um yeah we were we were working with that um trying to like kind of come up with other ways to do that, but that was actually an interesting time because it was a, a time of India cricket event, uh-huh. and we were trying to bring some of more like personality, like to the website, um, and kind of talk about things that are going on in the world right now. And cre- cricket was one of them. Uh, but my biggest project that I shipped at Twitter, which I'm actually proud of, I should say, is a sign up uh, for t- Twitter on the mobile app, uh-huh. both platforms. Um, like brand new sign up. We, mobile and what? Mobile. Uh, well, or sorry, iOS and Android. iOS and Android. Gotcha. We did some work on web, but it was like the, the brand new sign up was um, for mobile platforms. And that was actually my opportunity to establish new patterns that yes. en- ended up being part of Twitter. I think onboarding is fascinating. I'm glad to hear that. How did you do it? Especially like Twitter is not necessarily, I don't know if the word is like intuitive or like obvious Mm -hmm. it's like getting people to understand yeah Yeah. how did you approach it we were trying to basically uh you know try and resolve that uh problem uh we we did this in a collaboration with you know a lot of talented people it it took us a lot of time and a lot of effort uh but at the end of the we we were (laughs) we were iterating and brainstorming a lot that's for sure it's like that was another thing it's like you know, shipping a big project. Uh, I consider this a big project. It, it, it was a part of, you know, like a lot of people were looking at it because there was a lot of stakeholders involved into like, you're going to rip off sign off and you sign up and you're going to redo that. It's like, what what does that mean? What kind of implications does it have for the product? Because, you know, Twitter is mostly um, logged in product. So we need to make sure that we don't break things while redesigning them. Um, yeah, we did a lot of iterations. We did a lot of thinking. We did a lot of like, kind of like, what do we do this? What, like, what did we learn from the past that we know works and what doesn't? Yeah, it's, it's been, it's been mostly just, you know, working with, with other designers and kind of learn yeah. from, from what they did. What was the approach you landed on? We approached that in a way, um, it was actually kind of like, it was interesting way uh, try to make it more personal mm-hmm. and more have a, like a uh, think about in a way that uh, 
Twitter have, is having a conversation with you. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we ask for your name and uh, we ask for your phone number. And every time we do that, we try to explain why we do that. So, it's, you know, for security reasons, so that we can tailor your Twitter experience better if we know something about you. Um, and that work set the ground up. It was part of the more bigger, uh, more uh, of a bigger um, project, which was onboarding. Mm-hmm. So, um Yeah, I consider this a successful project. Yeah, what was the outcome? Uh, the outcome was a brand new shiny sign-up. <laughs> a sign-up flow that worked, I presume. That worked, yep. And uh, basically building blocks for the future iterations. Right. Um, yeah. I think onboarding is an interesting one because every product is different in the way that they need to do it. So it's hard to find best practices or like understand Do you need multiple steps or do you just drop people into the experience? Do you use like tool tips to walk them through features or like how you even approach that philosophically? So like I get having a conversation with people, but actually executing like what, what did you end up with for getting the user? I don't know. What was the the metric like, to send a first tweet, to follow a first person? Like what were the key drivers that in, informed the decisions you made? Uh, we needed to make sure that people are using the product. So uh, what we learned is that sign up wasn't the hardest part. The, the hardest part was basically, uh, you know, knowing that people are actually not just signed up, like put, put some, some things in there, but they actually sign up with intention to use the product. And we needed to make sure that, you know, they continue, continue continuously uh, using Twitter. Um, sure. So that was, that was a metric for us to watch for. Um, and I agree with, on a, on the note that onboarding is different. Like when I think about apps like I don't know, Cash, they don't really have any experience. You uh-huh. just you just there and you know what to do, just uh-huh. straight up. Um, but I don't think it can be the case for like other products which do need some you know user needs some hand holding, especially with all sorts of features. There I'm sure Facebook is that way. I haven't signed up for Facebook for nine years i guess or whatever i would be so i should probably go through that flow again i have no <laughs> idea how it works but i'm sure you guys do something for that i hope so yeah I hope you better thought about you it better. <laughs> cool um how long did you end up staying at twitter i was there for hmm, a year and over a year okay um and then you know felt like there's this well honestly kurt just wanted me on the team. So Kurt Varner. He, he, was, he was a good salesman. Of previous ship notoriety. Yes. Pre- currently a drop. Notoriety? <laughs> is that the word? I don't know, man. I think it is. Could be. Kurt sold you. He did a good job. He got me really excited about the whole thing. Can you teach us how to sell the people that need to hire? I mean, how did he do it? He, uh, he teaches made- Kurt's secrets. Kurt's secrets. Oh, God. I hope he's not listening. <laughs> Probably not. Okay. <laughs> okay, he uh, it was interesting. He uh we met, well, first we met for a drink. That was that was the step in the right direction. Classic Kurt. Yeah. Um and then he showed me uh rebrand which was not public yet. And I was like, "Whoa, that's that's hot. That's uh-huh. really hot." Um yeah, and he was like, "Well, you can own this. You can, you know, do things with it." That's so, good. <laughs> that's that, that's good. Kurt. Uh-huh. That's Kurt. Copyrighted. Uh, when you before you joined Twitter, you wanted to like try the big company, big team experience. Yeah. Did you enjoy that? Like, did you want to leave it? Oh, I, I absolutely enjoyed it. I enjoyed learning from people, and you know, we still hang out, we still do things together. Uh, but I think at the end of the day, you just need to, I guess find what's the most comfortable for you as a person as like a designer i guess sure. um and you know trying all the different things i think i feel very comfortable where i am right now smaller so, team yeah and like you know because you're still it's just a different type of learning um it's a different type of you know it's more soft skills mm-hmm. collaboration within the team collaboration with engineers because i'm much closer with my engineers right now Um, and, you know, collaboration with my project managers and content creators and everybody's like, it's, I just do this, it's part of my day-to-day job. Um, and I really enjoy that because like I can, I get 
to hear opinions from people from all the different backgrounds and all the different kind of point of views. So that's, that's really empowering. One stereotype of startups is that they are like always in crunch mode. Like you're always having to fight for survival. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And as a designer, it can sometimes be stressful or you don't have like breathing room to properly explore. Mm -hmm. What's it like at ship and how do you find room to like design the right experience? Uh, That's a very good question. And thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) I think you thought about it before. I didn't. No. No, that was off the top of my head. Super question boy. The the like the great part of working at SHIP, being a designer at SHIP, is that designer is very much valued and appreciated. And actually, when our PMs are trying, like we're hiring for PM role right now as well, they uh, bring this up to candidates. Like, do you know how much design is valued here? It's like, it's very important. You need to like understand that, you know, working with designers, it's, it's, it's a big thing. And when I hear that, I was like, oh, that's, that's so, that's, I, I just, give me more, give me more of that. <laughs> yes, stroke my ego, please. <laughs> yes, um, because it's, design is really respected at SHIP. Mm. And why? We, <laughs> why is that? Because we think that, you know, the best customer experience, the best user experience is what's going to make us successful. Mm. And Kurt established those kind of guidelines from the beginning. We're trying to, you know, stick to them and uh, build on top of them. And design always has a seat at the table um, because, you know, we very opinionated. We prove that good design makes the product successful. And we hear all this, you know, feedback from people and from other designers as well, how excited they are to use Shape. And uh-huh. it's just it's just something that I want to hear. <laughs> that is very good to hear. That's very good feedback. Yeah. Um, I saw you post uh, on Dribble this screenshot of like a style guide mm-hmm. design system. Yeah. Uh, can you talk a little bit about, about that? Yeah. So, um, especially at a two person team, that's interesting. Yeah. So, we, that's something that I've been working on for, for a while. Uh, we establishing those uh, guidelines for the web right now. And I, I was lucky to be the person to design the, those guidelines working together with my engineering team. And that was, it was really cool because they would just call me out and things like, Hey, did you know that this is two pixels off from the other button? And I think they should be the same, right? I was like, yeah, you're right. It's actually the same button. And I just probably just nudged it two pixels. So it was really awesome to hear how, you know, our uh. web engineering actually cares about these little details because it saves time them at the end of the day. I love that, yeah. So at the, like what we ended up doing is we built uh, that design that you saw on um, a Dribble. We built that uh, as components. So now they can actually just take those uh, buttons and input fields and what whatnot and just don't think about Sure, and them. that's only for the web or do you have a mobile as well? We have mobile as well, but mobile was something before me and I was the one working on web. Do you... How do you test your system? Like, how do you know that it's working well? I, there's a few angles to it, right? Like there's implementation level, there's the the way you and Micah work together. And then there's also like, is this working for our users? Does our system make sense to people? Yeah. So that's definitely, we do a lot of uh, user testing, user research. With so. your one researcher. Yes, he's really good. Well, there's, there's also integration between the design and development teams there too, which sure. is a huge piece. Yes, we basically that's what we were focusing on for the last few months, just establishing that system for web. So I'm confident our implementation because we tested it with the live product. We use those buttons in the actual form, so I got, got to click on them. You have to map them one to one though, too. Like when when you have a mockup, it has to match a code component like perfectly. Yes, so that's uh, that's what uh, outlined in that um, dribble post is that um, basically we have this you know, the menu of all the different elements you can use. And the engineer can just go and say, hey, I want a button. So they go in the button section or I want, a, you know, a card or something. They go to the card section. They can see all the different options they have. Um, and in terms of, I guess, scalability, it's, you know, me and Micah work on the same uh, same product. And if he needs something, he can 
and he the, the style guide works for him so it's you know something that he thinks like oh yeah that's something that i would use as well that's something that like a building blog that i'm thinking about as well and he can just take that i i, fi- I find this success we can always scale it we can always you know bring new things there you can change it pretty quick with two people the more things you add though the the less concrete the system becomes right that like, i agree how do you deal with that when does it become too big um, you kind of justify like why why <laughs> yes. why do you need that why do you need that specific button that you kind of have to make it hard on yourself to add new things yeah yeah we have a lot of different styles so I don't think we'll need any more anytime <laughs> soon no more styles. this We're is done. like the big argument against style guides in many cases is just like it's too hard to stick to them is it though that's the one I hear I guess I love style guides I, I like, like them but I liked I I like to push against them as hard as I can. Yeah. And like, so you hate style guides is what you're saying. <laughs> no, no, no. I think it's, it's a good starting point, but in every situation I like, I have to ask, is this component truly like the proper experience for what we're building? Or are you choosing the wrong component? Yeah. Yeah. There's that too. Is, is, is it the right component period? Is it the right component for this problem? Um, Does this platform support the right component? Sure. I mean, like, understanding the weight of what it means to build a new component like all of a sudden it's overhead it's maintenance it's like making it work on all devices and all screen sizes making it accessible having blah, to blah, build blah. A, co- a component in code for ios android and web is whoo it's a huge responsibility a right so just want to make sure but i like to do that every time <laughs> like Stop make sure it. the the style guide is as solid as it can possibly Man, it'd be so much faster if you stopped doing that <laughs> yeah you would be faster, but I don't know if you would ship the right things. Well, the other thing is you can think about this as your engineering team is your clients. Mm. And when you serve them with this style guide thing, they at least my engineering team loves it because they don't have to do this one-off things and then fix them all over the place. They can just know that that's one button and you want to change this uh-huh. green to that blue? Sure, no problem. We know where it lives. It's but just one piece God, of code. what do we name the variables? <laughs> yes, that's the discussions we have over lunch table. <laughs> ah, <Yeah>. functionality. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear God. What's the, uh, it's like the hardest part of what you're doing day to day? Shipping. No, shipping is easy. We made it easy. <laughs> nice. Uh, let's think. I don't know, maybe doing something that nobody else has done before, you know, trying to kind of like reimagine the way that people ship things. Uh-huh. Um, that's like, sometimes I just want to like, ugh, did somebody else ever, you know, did shipping with like just taking a photo and just going from there? Um and like doing all sorts of this magic thing with like, you know, at the warehouse parts, like all this like optimization and stuff that we do. But it's something totally new to me. It's like a totally new field for me to like learn. Logistics. About logistics. Right? It's uh, it's like a stuff that I, you know, never touched before. And I like throwing myself into something that I don't know. Um, it's It's been really exciting just talk to all these people, talk to operations side, you know, to people who actually do things with their hands and they're just move things around and just plan things. And it's just, it's, I think it's for me to understand where, like where they're coming from and like what their, uh, what their goals are. I think that's been, um, I wouldn't say hard, but it was challenging in a good way because it kind of expands my knowledge of, you know, how the world works. Makes sense. Sounds busy. <laughs> really busy. Define busy. Define busy. Um, Do you work till all hours of the night? Mm, Is your job your life? No, I believe in work-life balance. Okay. Uh, I do. Busy Even, is still good. Yes, busy is good because I don't know. It's just I just feel feel like I'm doing something exciting. You know, I feel needed. Feel part of the team I'm working with and. Yeah, when we go out for those drinks, I just hear that people are, you know, people are also feel the same way. People feel like they are part of something. Uh-huh. So I like being busy. I don't know how I feel about like work-life balance. Um, some people don't think you should even use the term because like it's all 
the same and some people feel work like there is should part be, of your life yeah like weaves in and out i don't know if that's just like corporate <laughs> propaganda or something i've found that over time i'm working more and more and i don't really have like a problem with it but i wonder what that says about like pressures to work more or like i hate that i feel guilty about doing work that i think is better for other people than myself wait what do you mean like if i work on something like this or like anything we do on spec or like anything i'm doing at figment which is all about helping other people be better like all i'm trying to do is help other people do their jobs better uh-huh. that is like the whole thing yeah but because i'm busy doing that i feel somewhat guilty because i'm not focusing on myself and my own life like that doesn't make any sense is it your job to make our lo- people's life easier? That's like that's why I accepted that job. Mm-hmm. Like is cuz it's what I wanted to do anyway. Like why is that something that is bad? Is it at the expense of your health and happiness? Happiness no. Health? Maybe? I don't know. What do you think? Good question. <laughs> not an answer we'll find out in 20 years <laughs> yeah oh man remember when we were talking about like <laughs> remember whether when, I was healthy remember when Bryn died 10 years yeah. ago <laughs> turns out he wasn't uh, sitting in front of a computer screen a lot I don't know it's not... weird how stress and happiness can, can interact in weird ways That's right I'm not sure I'm articulating this at all but I just find myself working more and more and I don't know whether it's good to have like a self-imposed cutoff or whether it's who cool gets to, to just choose like, if it's good i don't know that's who, who does i don't know do you have other like time for other things except work well this what is that's like it. the things i do for work are super fun and they're yeah, super fulfilling yeah, exactly so is it okay to just work all the time if you're happy like is i don't know i maybe i'm just feel like i'm sticking it to the man by like saying i'm not working after this hour and there's the question is like do i have stockholm syndrome <laughs> Damn it, Zuck. <laughs> you got me. Zuckholm syndrome. Ooh, that's a good one. Only for people who work at Facebook. Thanks. True. Um, yeah, I think it's good if it makes you happy. If it's, you know, something that you're looking forward to, then it's probably not, maybe work is not even the right word for it anymore. It's hobby. Hmm. Work-hobby balance, which <laughs> hobby happened to be the same as your work. Pretty dope. Yeah. That's good. Is your work your hobby? Yes. Uh, Yeah. I love what I do. And I do started a side project recently, which is, um, I guess I could talk a little bit about that. Um, Stealth side project? Not really. Close enough. No. Um, It would be an online magazine about traveling. I know, I know. Very, very unique. But uh-huh. it's something that I, you know, I look forward to kind of like share my perspective on traveling. And um, just because I feel like I have a unique, somewhat unique experience coming from the other part of the world here. And things that I learned, you know, things that you you kind of like think about when you think in two different languages, you know, it's like, it's what is going on in your head. It's just, uh, there were so many unique kind of like moments in my experience that I just, I really want to share. And I'm sure a lot of people, you know, who travel and go to places that they've never been before, they feel kind of similar. And I would be interested to start this conversation. What's it called? Online. It's called Oak and Fog. Say that again. Oak. Oak. And fog. And fog. Why that? Because I live on Oak Street. <laughs> and it's foggy on it's Oak Street. so foggy. Very foggy. Yeah. I haven't thought about the name too much. It's so artsy. It is very artsy. Uh, when's it going to launch? Um, Isn't that the million dollar question? It is. Kind of. <laughs> I don't know. It's a side project. Do you so. want to say a date, and then there's going to be a lot of pressure. Oh so. no, no, that's that's what usually happens. I don't, <laughs> I don't want to do that. Um, hopefully this year, I'll keep you guys in the loop. This year is winding down pretty <laughs> quick. <laughs> yes. Okay. Um, but yeah, that's where you talk about work-life balance. I guess I do work for fun as well. I think it can be so fulfilling to work on things for other people or to be expressive yeah either way like 
don't know. I I feel really bad. I'm like, oh, I'm super busy because I'm working on a bunch of different things right now. But then also, like, I wouldn't trade any of them. Hmm. I guess that's good. That's good. I'm like in the middle of this right now. Like, I'm doing a bunch of video stuff, which I really, really enjoy. But I'm also doing a bunch of other things, which I really, really enjoy. It's like, which things do I give up to make time to actually, like, get the other things done well? Trading work for work. I, I, I don't know why I have this weird like thing in my head that like, I don't even if I'm enjoying it like I need to stop like I need to stick it to the establishment or something like I don't know it sounds really <laughs> dumb Brian. but like I I don't want it to become my life even if I enjoy it like if I but if why? I'm not careful I could spend all of my time doing it if you enjoy it then what's the problem uh that's like <laughs> say that to anyone addicted to drugs right do you feel like you're getting burned out quick yeah like i think there's an aspect of that that creeps into your mind like i enjoy doing this so i do it all the time but at what point does doing it all the time stop becoming enjoyable and i've lost so saying- any sort of sense of perspective or like external ways to be fulfilled right? okay like what so if you lose that? Your example was drug use. <laughs> no, I was just which I was poking would, a hole in at just what, your statement. At what point is it self-destructive? Is the question right? Yeah, that's fair. From the beginning, <laughs> duh. <laughs> Don't do drugs. <laughs> when work is destructive. I don't know. Does, it, does this make sense, or am I just totally? Well, off I, I, I feel I think you. Our whole no, goal is to be you. constructive. Okay. So, okay, you're doing it wrong. If it's destructive destructive yeah what do you mean well drug use would be destructive uh, and you spend all your time doing that then that's designing is my drug no just <laughs> like, that, that should be like that's a good life you're doing motto. you're doing design <laughs> terribly if you're destructive about it not destruct disrupt destructive to the product but destructive to your life in in ways that you don't how, know okay like in the long de- in the long term sense of it if it's destructive to you you're probably doing a bad job anyway but you don't know if it's destructive at the time. That's the thing. It's like outside validation. I love doing design, so I'm going to do it all the time. What happens when I stop enjoying design? I feel like I would just be fucked, right? Well, you just stop. It's the thing. All right. That's a very simplified way to think There's about other it. things to do. You could take your stupid dog to the beach. Don't you dare. And do design there. <laughs> yeah, I'll design in the sand. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe this is a topic about burnout. I think it's kind of just a nice therapy for me, even though you guys are just. I'm burnt out on this topic. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think you just. I don't know. I I get like I personally get tired of things super quickly. It's like super quickly, and it's like for me, it's an ongoing theme. How do I keep things in- exciting? How do I? I told you guys earlier. I love moving mm-hmm. because I just mm-hmm. like changing places. I know it's weird, but it's so weird. It's just I love I love moving. It's like I'm sick of this view from my, of my mm-hmm. window. I want something else. I want a different, you know, way to work and it's like way to like get to work. Um take a different muni or whatever. And yeah, it's just when you stay in one place it's just not happening. So explore I've, new places around around you, it's like it's so fascinating. I have a very obsessive personality and uh Brian's roommate says I hug things to death. I go at them as hard as I can and then as soon as I'm done with them I completely give them up and switch to something new. Uh, you also literally hug things to death. I'm a very good hugger. You have a strong, Don't hug dogs. Strong hug. <laughs> Don't hug my dog. Not that you ever would, but yeah. Uh on a related note, what keeps you up at night? <laughs> I was hoping to save my personal project to that question, but I guess I spoiled it already. Spoiled. spoiled. This has to be something totally different. Oh, God. Okay, okay. Should it be appropriate? <laughs> Holy shit. I don't know. <laughs> um, I guess, I don't know, coffee keeps me up all night. <laughs> this has been design therapy. <laughs> really inappropriate. I'm offended you said that, actually. Yeah, I, I, I thought so. Um, my family, oh. they're back 12 hours apart from me and I have to stay up at night to call them hmm. and say hello. But how often is that? It doesn't happen often, <laughs> but the rest of the nights I sleep like a baby. Hmm. So <laughs> I'm a real good sleeper. Dreaming of pixels and design systems. Dreaming of pixels. Yep. Or literally anything else. Come on, Brian. Jesus. Not everything is design. What are you talking about? Uh, we're over time. 
Thanks oh, for hanging out. Absolutely. Thank uh, you. Where can people find you on the internet? Uh, on my website, julia.im. With lots of stuff that are things coming soon, I noticed. No. Uh, uh, well, yes. Two, two pages coming soon. Yeah, I should take them down. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> I was like, oh, I want to go learn they, more. They've been coming, coming soon for like a year. <laughs> okay, this page is not. I'll go to another. Coming soon. God damn it. I'm really good at those. <laughs> I, I feel like most coming soon pages mean I'm not going to do this. I, I knew I'm not going to do this from the very beginning, yeah. but I still did coming soon. Cool. Yeah, on Twitter, um, Instagram, maybe, sometimes, rarely. Are there links to those on julia.im? To my social world, yeah, yeah. Also links Fine. in the show notes. Perfect. Cool. Thanks awesome. for hanging out. Thank you guys. Thanks for coming. It was awesome. That was episode 161. Thanks to Julia for coming and hanging out for so long. Thanks to you for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. If you did, of course, hit us up on Twitter. We're on Twitter at Design Details FM. Or if you want more podcasts to listen to, go check out our other shows. Go to spec.fm. We have lots of podcasts all about design and development and helping you level up as someone in this industry building products. Again, go to spec.fm. Listen to more podcasts. Have fun. Let us know what you think. And of course, before we go, thank you again to Q, our new sponsor that made this episode possible. Q is building an operating system for physical spaces and companies to handle everything from catering to IT, cleaning, plumbing, office supply management, whatever you need, Q can take care of it. But they're building an incredible company and they want you to join them. They're hiring product designers. They want you to work on their small team. You can have a lot of impact. Design is valued. The fact that the designers are founders, the fact that They've got investors who are providing additional design support. You can work with people like Daniel Berka. Their designer that we've talked to, JT, is awesome. Go hang out. Do good work. Help people. Be good. Yeah. To learn more, go to spec.fm slash mbq. And of course, tell them we sent you. Thanks once again to Q. And we'll see you next week.